Hello ninjas and ninjets and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja and best-selling digital marketing author. In this episode, I'm joined by Tim Solo from Ahrefs. And for those of you who don't know Ahrefs, it's basically an industry standard SEO tool, which can be really useful to help you identify the keywords that you're ranking for and the keywords that your competitors are ranking for and also allow you to kind of dig into exactly what they're doing to get the visibility that they're getting. Now, the great thing about Ahrefs and and talking with Tim is that because they run an SEO tool, there's loads of data and there's loads of facts. And a lot of the time within SEO, there's a lot of opinion and there's a lot of suggestions and maybe stuff that isn't rooted so much in fact. So we wanted to get Tim on, give us some data and, and talk about the numbers and what things really mean uh, from a perspective of a, uh, an SEO tool which has more data than pretty much anybody other than Google. So in this episode, we talk about loads and loads of stuff from how to identify exactly what your competitors are doing to how to increase your ranking for particular pages, even if you're going up against very well-established websites. And we also dive into something which is, I guess, the holy grail of SEO in 2017, which is featured snippets and how to get that famous position zero on Google. Now, featured snippets are very current. There's some stories over the weekend about how if you type on Google, is Barack Obama staging a coup? There was a featured snippet which said, yes, he is. Or I think there was one about Hillary Clinton being a lizard. So some interesting stuff there. But featured snippets, the reason that they're so important is because if you type a particular question into Google, the tendency is now that Google will show you a a block of text at the top of the search results, which attempts to answer that question. And obviously, you click through that text and you go to the website. But as search moves from just purely text search to also being voice search as well. These featured snippets are becoming more and more prominent. So if you ask Google Home a question, it's going to read you out the featured snippet for that search result. So it's becoming more about kind of answering questions. So we'll talk about how businesses of all shapes and sizes can use featured snippets and what the characteristics are, the data-driven characteristics, and Tim has some exclusive data about that. So Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast, the first place it's been released about how you can do this and what you need to do with your website to get that featured snippet visibility. So enjoy the episode. And remember, if you'd like us to review your website and your digital marketing and put you together a completely bespoke plan of action that you can follow, to increase your sales, then head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. It's completely free, totally impartial, and it will blow your socks off. Anyway, enjoy the episode and look forward to talking to you soon. So Tim, welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Obviously, Ahrefs is an industry standard tool that pretty much every SEO who knows what they're doing use. It's one of the things that, that people use it for a lot is, is competitor analysis. Often when we're talking to clients, they'll, they'll tell us, here are our main business competitors. We'll look at their visibility and, and Google ranking and actually the competitors that they say are, are not their main competitors online. They might be business competitors but it doesn't mean they're necessarily the people to be online and who they should be competing against on Google. So first up, how should businesses identify which of their competitors are doing the best SEO? 
Uh, well, the the best way is obviously to Google for the keywords that you want to rank for, to Google for something that is relevant to your business. <laughs> and the sites that will pop at the top of Google are basically the the main competitors that you have to outrank. If you already have like a lot of content, if your website is already ranking for a lot of keywords that are related to your business, you can use Ahrefs to reverse engineer who ranks for the same keywords as you do. But oftentimes when I, uh, when I speak to our clients, I do like customer support from time to time. It keeps me in shape. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> when I talk to our customers, a lot of them have like quite new websites which don't rank for any keywords. And oftentimes they don't even have like ideas of uh, what keywords they should rank for. So a lot of the time it all comes down to sitting down and brainstorming a bit uh, of how people may search for you. Because there are groups of people who are like problem unaware so they will uh, look for the solution of a problem in the most peculiar ways. Uh, and then there are people who are problem aware. They will uh, search for very specific things. They might know the industry jargon and all this stuff. So yeah, it all starts from uh, identifying these keywords that people use to find you, then looking at the sites that rank uh, at the top that get traffic for these keywords, the super targeted traffic that comes from search. And then you can plug these websites that get uh, relevant search traffic into Ahrefs. And what our tool can do, we can look at the keywords that these website are, websites are ranking for and find all other websites that uh, rank for the same keywords. So we, we have this report within Site Explorer tool. It's called Computing Domains. And this is what it does. You can see like uh, how many common keywords you have with uh, each of the sites. Okay, perfect. And I love that description that you used about problem aware and and problem not aware. It's really simple terms. We often talk about plumbers because everybody can kind of understand that. If a boiler is broken, some people know that they need to call a gas engineer or, uh, you know, a boiler engineer, whereas some people just type in broken boiler. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I guess it's important that people are talking to their customers or their clients and saying, you know, what would you search if you search for us? And typically the stuff that you get back that has very little to do with industry standard terminology and it's very basic language, isn't it? It's really, really kind of... Yeah, and quite often uh, your competitors might be really missing out uh, on these like problem unaware keywords. So there's a ton of opportunity for you. Cool. In some cases, yeah. <laughs> not, yes, not in always. some cases, yeah. So we've we've got our, our keywords, whether they're problem unaware or problem aware, and we can put them into Google, see what sort of sites are, are ranking for those keywords and grab those URLs, put them into a tool like Ahrefs, and then that will tell us what other keywords those guys are ranking for. And then we just kind of go through a bit of a process, don't we, of seeing which keywords seem to be relevant for your business, building up a bit of a list and building up a list of the businesses which are showing for lots and lots of these keywords. Cool. Uh, How do we tell exactly how well, let's say we have a particular competitor who seems to be really visible in search for, for lots of our target keywords. How can we tell exactly how well these guys are doing with the traffic that they're generating, even the number of leads that they're getting in sales? I love using two tools for kind of spying on websites of our competitors, of competitors of our clients. Uh, One tool is ours, obviously, and the other one uh, is not ours. And the names are Ahrefs and SimilarWeb. They are a bit different in nature. So basically, SimilarWeb, they process a lot of clickstream data. And they can show you 
some unique insights on where websites get traffic, like how much of their traffic is direct, like how many people just type the URL uh, in, into their browser or just have uh, the website bookmarked, so they go there, there, there directly. Or how many people go to this website from search, or how many go there from uh, social sites like Facebook, Twitter, etc. So it's kind of cool to research website of your competitor with, with similar web because in different niches, in different industries, uh, different sorts of traffic uh, seem seem to be dominating. So in some industries, uh, there might be a lot of direct traffic because like people are building brands and so customers mostly only refer to, to the brands they know and don't really search for anything. Uh, while in other industries, sites rely mostly on search because, for example, if you have kind of a one-time problem, you Google for it, you solve it, and you never go to that website again because you will never have this problem again. So, yeah, it is quite interesting, and I and I do suggest uh, listeners to check out similar web. They have these cool insights of where the traffic is coming from, and it's pretty cool. In terms of what HRFs can do, we focus on the traffic that comes from search, from organic search. Hrefs, again, it would be fair to know, uh, to mention that Hrefs is not the only tool who does that. There's also SEMrush, SpyFu, and I think a bunch of other tools. But actually, the, the two main ones are Hrefs and SEMrush. SMrush. At least from what I know, uh, we have the, the best data. I mean, we, uh, Hrefs and SEMrush and all other tools, they kind of have, have smaller databases still might be useful for some people that have lower budgets. But yeah, so what we can do, you can plug any website or URL and we'll show you all the keywords that this website or URL is ranking for in Google and where. For example, you can see that for keyword one, uh, your competitor is ranking on the front page of Google and for other keyword, they're ranking somewhere at the bottom, like position 100 where no one gets. So yeah, pretty deep insights. And we also can group uh, this information by page, which is super useful. Because a single page on, on a website can rank for hundreds, if not thousands, different keywords. So it is really useful to see which pages on the website of your competitor are generating the most traffic from search. Because if you want to compete with them for uh, traffic from Google, you might not uh, only look at their keywords and try to replicate uh, rank for the same keywords that they rank for, but just look at the best pages of their site. Because oftentimes only a few a few pages, like 5% of pages or something, account for majority of websites' traffic. So you might uh, research that with Hrefs, replicate their best pages, and get uh, most of the traffic that they get. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it, how different pages can rank for some sometimes surprising keywords. We'll often find that if the site's getting a lot of organic traffic, it'll be a couple of blog posts or a particular product page which is ranking unusually well for a phrase and sometimes the, the business isn't even aware of that ranking we were doing a, yeah. a bit of work for a, a, a shoe company in, in the US and they were ranking something like position five for a particular Nike trainer model because mm -hmm. they'd written a blog about Nike this particular <laughs> Nike Hirachi and they were getting a ton yeah. of traffic for this but obviously that page was just it completely wasn't optimized for that phrase or to do anything with that traffic. It wasn't really handling that traffic in the most effective way. So in that, in, you know, in plenty of cases like that, there's a lot of low hanging fruit by just looking at a tool like Ahrefs or SEMrush, seeing what you're ranking for and saying, okay, is this page that's ranking well actually tuned to accept that traffic and turn it into useful leads or sales or whatever? So 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a crucial thing that people have to do to see what they're already ranking for, definitely. Yeah, exactly. This is, an, this is a totally amazing strategy and I do recommend everyone to revisit their content, their old pages. You don't even need HFs for that because you can use Google Analytics to see which pages get the most organic traffic, the most traffic from search. If you have Google Analytics installed on your website, of course. And if you have a Google Search Console, uh, you can plug the URL of your website into Search Console and see all the keywords that it ranks for. And this will be like super specific information, better than in HREFs because it comes from Google. And yeah, and HREFs is useful for doing that for competitor website because you don't have uh, access to competitors, Google Analytics or Search Console. But yeah, this is great. Uh, just, just today I was researching like older content from our blog and I discovered an article that is like booming. It's getting a lot of traffic from search and it is growing and growing. And it, and it doesn't, has, doesn't have any single mention of HREFs. So, so basically we have a cool article about marketing and generating tons of traffic for us, but we don't promote our tool anyhow, not a single mention. So something we were missing out for quite a while and something that needs to be fixed. So yeah, uh, old content needs to be revisited, that's for sure. And also very reassuring that even the website of one of the leading SEO tools in the world still isn't completely perfect as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Cool. So let's say that we find a competitor which is ranking really well. Maybe they have a particular page or pages which are ranking for some keywords that we really, really want to get some ranking for. How can we figure out exactly what they're doing, which is working so well, so that we can obviously turn that against them and beat them with it? (laughs) Yeah, I kind of already explained the, the number one trick, number one hack is to look at their best pages because one page can rank for a ton of different keywords is if the topic is broad and if people search for the same thing in all sorts of peculiar ways, you might get a lot of traffic just uh, by building one great page on the topic. So yeah, this is the first thing. And the second thing, you won't really rank in Google. Your page won't really rank in Google in most cases if you don't earn or build links to it. So uh, again, this is what Hrefs does. We have a huge database of links. Actually, there was recently a third-party research where some guys have studied that Hrefs has the second best crawler after Google, which is pretty big. So yeah, our link database is pretty huge and we can show you all the links pointing to any website or URL, anything that you put into Hrefs tools. We can show you how many links it has and where these links are coming from. So what you can, can do, you can basically take any website or any page on your competitor's website and see where their backlinks are coming from. Because uh, when you're building some page, when you want to get search traffic, you, you have to think in advance, how I, are you going to link to it or who is going to link to it? Because if you don't build your page with this in mind, Basically, no one will link to your page. And usually it all comes down to figuring out some kind of patterns, like what makes people link to the page. For example, you might put a page of your competitor into Hrefs and see that a lot of a lot of bloggers uh, have linked to it because there's some uh, unique takeaway or unique piece of data that they enjoyed and uh, that they reference whenever they talk about a certain subject. Or for example, maybe... Uh, one of your competitors have have uh, have done a nice promo, for example, for Halloween. I don't know. They they did a really successful promo, and people were linking to that promo because they enjoyed the price, or or I don't know. 
So yeah, basically you can you can research the link acquisition and link building patterns that your competitors are doing to get links. Again, maybe they're they're participating on forums and community boards a lot. So this is something you can do like manually. You can also go and hang out on different forums, help people and post links to your site. And then once you know what they're doing, you can do it for your own site and try to do it better than they. Perfect. And I want to talk in a bit more detail about links. I, th- I think there's a tendency for a lot of people to say, you know, content is king and they neglect the linking side of things, which is obviously fundamental, isn't it? Like you say, if, if site doesn't have many links, it's very unlikely to rank for anything. So digging into links in a bit more detail, when we're looking at link metrics uh, in a tool like Ahrefs, what are we looking for? How do we tell which links are the most valuable and which ones are going to be having the biggest impact on a site's ranking? This is an awesome question, and it's almost impossible to answer this question with something specific, <laughs> uh, because only Google knows which links are really the most valuable. So from my own practice, I wouldn't focus on building some kind of specific sorts of links and uh, uh, completely neglect the other types of links. So any link that is natural, where people uh, vouch for you, where people uh, reference you naturally, any any kind of link like this is good for you. But, uh, and, and again, any link that you can build with your own hands, it might bring less value. Because uh, if anyone can do it, then why should Google think that these links are powerful? But if the link is hard to acquire, for example, someone writing for a big publication like BBC mentioned you in their article, and Google does see that the author of the article has no relation with your site, for example, his name is never met on your own website, that link would be pretty hard to acquire, and thus it should theoretically bring more value. But again, at the end of the day, it's just about generating some buzz, making people link to you and acquiring the most natural links possible. I, I don't have any other advice here. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fantastic. I mean, it's a really good point you make about if, if you can just go out and quickly get that link, it probably has less value than one that is harder to get. I think that's a really good kind of framework that people can use to, to look at the value of links. There's a piece about the authority of the website that the link is coming from as well, I, I guess, which has a, a significant impact on, on how valuable the, those links yeah, are as well. Yeah, for sure. But, but it works two ways. Because, yeah, that's of course, if a super popular website, super trusted, like for example, TechCrunch will link to you, this link is obviously more powerful than, for example, a link from, I don't know, my mom's blog. But then uh, Google also looks at how many different websites a certain website links to. So, for example, if TechCrunch links to hundreds of thousands of different sites and my mom has like a nice blog about cooking, it, it also has some nice backlinks, some nice authority, but it doesn't link out too often link from it will still carry some nice weight. So it also matters how, how many websites, how many different websites that website is linking to. So again, it comes down to, to the concept of how hard it is to get this link. If, if some website is linking out to anyone and everyone, it means that uh, a link from them is not that, not that hard to get uh, and it shouldn't bring more value. But if some website has uh, some amount of authority, 
but doesn't link to anyone and everyone and only links to very certain sites and very picky about uh, who they link to. A link from them will also carry some nice weight. Yeah. Okay, cool. Another problem that, that people often have once they start digging into their competitors is, let's say they have a new site and their competitors have a well-established site with, with a huge volume of links. The, the kind of immediate reaction is just total overwhelm. Oh, wow, we will never compete <laughs> against this. Like, we may as well just roll over and die. Um, yeah. you, you talked in our previous chat about the difference between being strategic versus being manual in link acquisition. Maybe you could expand a bit on, on that and how people can use a more strategic approach to, to get higher volume of links. First of all, if we're talking about links to the page, if you see that the top ranking pages have tons of links, like thousands of links, there's, uh, there's no way almost, uh, like in general, there's no way to outrank them if you have less links than they do. But if we're talking about kind of domain authorities, for example, if you see some kind of trusted domain in the top search results, but the actual page of the domain doesn't have a lot of links, then you should be able to outrank it with your weak domain if you build a lot of links. So yeah, it comes down to the concept of domain authority versus page authority. So we did a study at Hrefs. It was last year, but I'm hoping that it's still relevant till these days. At least that's what I see. It, it basically says that uh, domain authority does correlate with Google rankings. So the, the more domain authority you have with your website, the, the better are your chances to rank. But then the authority of a specific page, it overweights the authority of a domain. So yeah, if you look at the top search results and you see that the very strong domains rank there, you shouldn't be discouraged. Just try to get more links than they have. Uh, and then to the other issue that you have uh, just mentioned about the manual and strategic approach. So yeah, if you see that uh, the top ranking results, they have only like 10 or 20 links, uh, you can plug the URL into Hrefs, you can open their links, uh, the, the linking pages one by one, see where the link is coming from. And if you can replicate it like immediately, or if you can like put it on your to-do list, for example, if that's a forum, you can maybe register an account and leave a message and replicate a link immediately. Or if it's some kind of guest article, you might put it on to-do list and later write a guest article for the same publication and maybe find a similar publication to get one extra link. So yeah, if the amount of backlinks of your competitors is low, it will make sense to do some manual work to research every link and try to replicate every link and get uh, a few more similar links on top of it. It's often enough to understand like what are you looking at. Like if it's a guest post or if it's a message on forum or if it's a kind of news article or something like this. And you should just skim through their links and see if you can spot any patterns. If people are linking to them, like I already said, because they did a promotion, or if people are linking to them because they have, for example, some catchy visual or infographic or something like this. And in this case, uh, you should do the same thing or you should copy their strategy to acquire links in the same way. And uh, the chances are you, you might need to do some outreach. You might need to reach out, uh, which would be manual to all these websites that linked to your competitor because, because of something and show them your thing. Because if they linked to the thing of your competitor, there's a high chance that they will also like whatever you have and link to you too. 
Okay, so you're looking through the the inbound links that your competitors or a particular page on your competitors' sites have, and you're looking for the patterns which let you know the the sort of strategy that they've used to get those links. So whether it's outreach or whether it's running contests or whether it's doing guest blogs or whatever. That's really cool. And also really interesting what you said about domain authority versus page authority, because Gary from Google recently mentioned that there actually isn't really a domain authority as such within the algorithm, but more more page authority, which I think yeah. is really interesting. The SEO community seems to have largely ignored this because I think it's a pretty inconvenient truth on an industry that has been made around domain authority. But y- your take on this is that actually domain authority is a correlation, but actually not as important as, as the specific authority of a particular page, right? Both me and Gary are correct here, and I will explain what is happening here. Basically, yes, there there is no thing as domain authority, but if pages on a certain domain have tons of links and they are interlinked between each other, they pass authority between each other. So basically, when you look at total domain authority, it means that if they publish a brand new page, that page will be linked with some other pages on their site. At least they will have one link to that page, right? And even that one link will translate quite some domain authority because other pages on their site have it. So yeah, it still c- comes down to the authority of, uh, of each individual page. But if a website has tons of pages with high authority, just by interlinking them between uh, one another, they get some nice boost. And this practice in SEO is called interlinking, and I'm sure that a lot of people already know about it. And it's a common suggestion that if your page doesn't have a lot of links from other like uh, popular pages on your site, Google might not consider it too valuable. Uh, but if your page is interlinked with a lot of pages, with a lot of like big authority pages, Google will consider that uh, this page might be important and might uh, and should probably rank higher. Yeah. Okay. That's really, yeah, that, that makes total sense. So it's <laughs> all about the page authority, but because these, you know, every high authority page on your website will be linking to the homepage, for example. So yeah. you're unlikely to have a really high authority blog post and uh very low authority homepage because obviously yeah. every page is linking through to your homepage. So that I guess that creates the illusion of a domain authority. So domain exactly. authority is kind of a convenient way of, of thinking about it, even if it's not exactly uh, necessarily true, I guess. Yeah, I like the phrase illusion of a domain authority. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Let's talk about featured snippets as well, because you you got some uh, you got some info here. So everybody wants to get featured in position zero or the featured snippet or whatever it's called. It's, you know, when you search on Google Home, then this is the result that Google reads out to you. How can people do it? How can a website get ranked in this position zero with a featured snippet? Uh, Yeah, this is a super hot topic right now because uh, these features are so prominent and the kind of uh, a lot of studies have shown not really studies, but case studies that when uh, people ranked in these search snippets, their search traffic went up. Uh, so some people might think that Google is kind of taking away traffic uh, by displaying a piece of information right in the search results. But actually, data from uh, different people that ranked with these featured snippets show that it actually improves your traffic. So yeah, and there are quite a few articles that explain how to rank in the featured snippet. And I'm afraid there's no kind of proven formula on how to do that. (laughs) So basically, 
most advice just comes down to to simple formatting that you should just uh, create like h2 tag uh, the subheading that says like for example what is link building if if some if some person is entering into google what is link building and there's a featured snippet if you want to rank there uh, you should in your article put uh, a subheading what is link building and immediately after that subheading uh, explain like link building is blah 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 so basically you you should use the kind of question and answer structure and make sure that it's formatted with a heading and then kind of a paragraph, a short paragraph following that heading. And that's basically it. But yeah, one, one interesting thing is that you won't rank in the featured snippet unless you rank in the top 10 search results. So basically, we did a huge study. We studied a few million keywords that have featured snippets in them. And it, it occurs that uh, like in 99 point something percent of cases, the page that was ranked in a featured snippet, it was one of the top 10 pages. And I guess uh, those like point something percent that uh, didn't appear there was some kind of bug on our end. So I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> that yeah, that, that it's like 100% of pages. Okay, so make sure that you've got a website which is ranking organically for that phrase or that it tends to be questions doesn't it that have the featured snippets or you know how do i do link building or whatever so make sure that your website's already ranking there and then give google the information on your page which is kind of already formatted in a in a featured snippet kind of way right so yeah simple question and then a a reasonably short paragraph where you see a lot of bullet points don't you like step by step if it's a top 10 whatevers then give google that information in the form that they would show it in a featured snippet to make it really easy and then Mm -hmm. just keep building some links to that page i guess yeah and uh we have a lot more data because featured snippets is such a hot topic that we, we we felt we need to study it and i'm going to release an article about this on hrefs blog but right now i can share some interesting takeaways with you so for example we studied what's the search volume of the keywords that show featured snippets, like how many times people search for these keywords per month. And it occurs that over 50%, to be exact, 54% of keywords that have featured snippets in them uh, have search volume of less than 50 searches per month. So basically, most keywords are super long tail. And what this means for us SEOs, for marketers and for people, for website owners, is that you should just try to create more content, answering all sorts of questions. You kind of point your finger in the sky and hope for the best. Because as you can see, these terms, like 54% of these keywords, are unpopular. So it is hard to figure out them up front. So you should just write a lot of content, answering different questions that may that people may ask format it in a way like like I just told you and uh, you'll have a nice chance to rank another 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 cool uh, piece of data is that uh, again 50% uh, of these keywords that uh, generate featured snippets uh, have uh, from 3 to 5 words in them so basically those those are 3 to 5 word phrases that toggle featured snippets and the some of the most popular words that appear uh, in the snippets are how, for, what, uh, best, does, do, like questions and uh, these kind of things. And uh, what's fun is that one of the top 15 terms is recipe. 
So yeah, a lot of a lot of recipe keywords, toggle featured snippets, which might be cool for something who owns uh, a food blog or e-commerce site related to food stuff. That's awesome. Um, probably not how to get to the top of Google recipe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I see uh, another cool observation, which would be not so fun for a lot of people. We studied the domain authority. Uh, of the websites that uh, rank in these featured snippets. And in 54, 54% of cases, the domain authority was above 60. I'm talking about actually domain rating. Uh, it's, the, yeah. it's the metric of hrefs. Uh, and basically, in 50% of cases, the domain rating of a site that occupied featured snippet was over 60. So this means that uh, if your site is kind of new and hasn't accumulated like much backlinks, uh, doesn't have a high domain rating, you don't have a lot of chances to occupy these snippets because clearly Google is giving preference to kind of high authority websites. But on the other hand, we also looked at URL rating distribution. So URL rating is basically hrefs metric that shows the backlink profile of a page. And here we have some good news. <laughs> so basically. In 57% of cases, the URL rating of that page uh, that occupied the featured snippet was less than 20. And less than, than 20 is pretty weak, I'd say. Uh, it means that it has kind of less than 10 backlinks, something like this. So the takeaway is you have to build your domain, domain rating, domain authority. You have to attract a lot of backlinks to your website. And then you need to have some kind of, I don't know, knowledge base or maybe question and answer part of your website, or maybe a blog, which will have a lot of pages uh, on a lot of relevant topics and which would answer a lot of questions. And so basically just by, by chance, you will rank for a lot of featured snippets. I guess that makes sense because on the one hand, Google has to, it's giving this information as if it's fact, isn't it? And, and there's been some yeah. stuff in the news about, you know, Hillary Clinton being a lizard or whatever in a Google featured <laughs> snippet. So on right. one hand, Google has to decide that the website is trustworthy, which it's going to do through the domain authority or the illusion of domain authority through lots yeah. of high page authority pages. And then on the other hand, that page with the answer itself might not necessarily be super high authority because it might just be the right answer for that question. So I, I guess that kind of makes sense really. Yeah, and actually in our own niche, in the niche of like online marketing tools, I see that our competitors, th those that have nice help for sections or the wiki sections, they tend to rank for a lot of these featured snippets. This is why we are right now, we are building our own kind of knowledge base and help section to, to also rank for these things. And we are just about to go and start writing our own team. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, this has been awesome. How can people find out more about Ahrefs? Just uh, Google for Ahrefs blog. We have a lot of great information there, basically on the homepage of our blog. If you scroll a little bit down, you will see the best articles. This is the best place to start learning from us. So this is what I encourage people to do. Uh, find Ahrefs blog. A-H-A. -A. Oh, I, I won't spell it, sorry. I'll, I'll spell uh, it, don't worry. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your English is way better than my Russian, so people can go to ahrefs.com. Exactly, yeah. Uh, find our blog, read our best content, and uh, I'm telling you, you're going to like it, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
Perfect. Thank you so much, Tim, and thank you everyone for joining us. Don't forget to tune in next week for more from the Explosion Inject Digital Marketing Podcast.